so many additional steps to what should be my right so why isn't it my right hi i'm anna olson and you're listening to we're not kidding a podcast devoted to sharing stories surrounding the child-free life as a life coach i'm passionate about helping women feel confident and empowered in their choice not to have children and i believe that by sharing our stories we help break the stigma so let's dive in All right. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm so excited to bring you today's guest. She's been a joy to get to know. I have had the honor of having multiple conversations now with Hamza as we've gotten to know each other. And Hamza, I just think that you're a well of, for me, you've been a well of inspiration. I think you're very smart. I really love your outlook. And it's just been a complete joy to get to know you. Um, So thank you for being willing to come on the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you so much, Anna. I feel like a lot of this is just undeserving praise, to be honest, but it's been really, really interesting to know you and of your platform as well. And I think something that's really inspired me a lot is just the universality of our experience, right? Like the fact that you are living, I think, around three continents away from me and we still can relate to a lot of different thoughts and a lot of different attitudes that we keep getting from other people. I think that was one of the first things that I really noticed when I was on your platform, especially your Instagram platform, when you would ask other have you experienced this and then there will be so many people who are experiencing the same thing i think that's something that's really unique to us of the internet era where we get to know that we are not isolated in our experiences or isolated in our thoughts right so i think that's very cool and yeah it's it's a pleasure to be on here yeah Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. I think that is such a good point. It is it has been really interesting, especially like getting to know you um, and other people from different countries. What elements of our child free experiences are very, very similar? And that has been really eye opening. You know, and one thing I, I guess we haven't mentioned yet is that you live in India. And I guess, is there anything else that you that you want to start by sharing a bit about yourself and who you are? Definitely, the Cliff Note version, right? So I am a digital communications executive. I essentially help brands like, you know, build their communication strategy for particular campaigns and ads and things like that. So I essentially help brands build good campaigns to sell their products. Essentially, that's what I do in my professional life. But on my personal life, I would say a big like, you know, disclaimer, I come from a very privileged background. My parents had a lot of social capital and whether or not I did it intentionally, I have banked on that social capital. I am from a middle-class family. My parents had enough financial background to make sure that I was well-educated. I have a post-grad diploma, which I think is just 3% of women in India. So definitely, I come from a very privileged background. And the outlook that I have is also a very urban outlook. And I would like to disclaim that also. I have a very urban outlook. I have a very... Gen Z outlook because of my age and also I have a very privileged outlook because of the fact that you know I was lucky enough to have all of these opportunities given to me and that's not saying that others don't share my opinion but I do want to put it forward because I don't want the listeners to assume that this is how everybody 
in india things i'm sure they won't but anyway i want to make sure that they don't make that error this is me one girl tiny person living in bangalore india and this is what i have experienced and i would like to go on this platform because i am eager to make the connections that we can on this platform to know the fact that there are people like us thinking across the globe and it's not just us sitting at home right right yeah thank you for that i think that that's a really important way to frame it i really appreciate that so if you're willing to share how did you come to the decision to be child free I think this is where the universality of things comes into play right I think I was around 11 or 12 when I realized that I necessarily didn't like the idea of motherhood as a whole I didn't really relate to you know this desire to be a mother like it was completely alien for me and uh, you know when my cousins were getting married and then i was the youngest in the family right so i saw a lot of pregnancies happening around me and i, I saw a lot of childbirths happening around me and a very personal emotional day was the fact that i met my nephew when he was 2 days old right so wow. i saw this mini tiny little baby as a 2 day old child and I think that since then I knew that this wasn't really something that I wanted in my life and I think that I was also very sure of it because I started expressing that thought when I was 13 or 14 or 15 so I think it's just one of those things right like maybe it's instinct or maybe it's the fact that I had already been exposed to a lot of different things I'm a voracious reader I've been reading consuming books since I was a child that's the thing right i think i've realized from a very young age that there's a lot of different ways to build purpose in your life and a lot of different ways to even create in your life so i think i knew since i was a teen essentially or even a preteen yeah how has that gone for you like what cultural pressures or expectations have you navigated as a child free person living in india i think this is where it gets very specific and interesting right like in the sense that there's this really strange thing that happens in indian families where especially the women i think are meant to be very like naive like we are not meant to know about sex we are not meant to think of sex as pleasure and i think this is true for both genders right like for all genders i'm not necessarily saying that this is a gender thing i think especially the greater generation of uh, people who were born in the 50s and 60s they have a lot of fear of things like unplanned pregnancies and they have tried to push that fear down to the generations where it's like you are not meant to consider sex a pleasurable act right i think for a lot of people in india sex is a tool for child bearing and in that comes a cultural notion of like okay so if sex is a tool for child bearing then the only reason why you would have sex is to have a child and to have a child out of wedlock in any country is a big deal so automatically that means that the only reason why you have sex is after marriage to have a child right so i think that was drilled down on me since i was a child like premarital sex is a big no no in a lot of my culture in a lot of the ways that i've seen the elders and even my cousins react to things like sex ed and like you know the necessity for inclusive sex ed and things like that i think it's a huge taboo that we are trying to you know solve since day one but i think that's the thing right like when you ask like are people okay with me being child free definitely no 
right even my cousins even people that i would want to be okay with this decision a lot of them are looking at me thinking that i'll change my mind which comes back to being bigot but yeah that's the thing right i feel like in india specifically i think there's like a big gordian knot of a lot of other things that i'm not necessarily sure how other people in other culture navigate through these things right because i'm not sure do a lot of cultures have the same issue of like okay like sex is for child bearing so you can't have sex before marriage i don't know i think a lot of other cultures do have that same connotations unfortunately i haven't been exposed to them so i think yeah that's one thing that i've been facing but other than that yeah i feel like being going as a universal experience so i have been facing that and i am pretty sure i'll face that for the rest of my life so yeah. it's just one of those things yeah Yeah, that's interesting that point of sex being a tool in your culture for procreation and and really only that and I can't speak for like I feel like I had a very sheltered upbringing and mm-hmm. uh in a catholic faith in in the states and um it also was in my family approached that way and so it was a very like taboo topic and i think actually unfortunately to this day my mom views my marriage as kind of pointless because we don't plan to have kids so <laughs> but <Yeah>. whatever <laughs> whatever yeah it comes back to the whatever of things right yeah 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 so that's a really interesting point and i guess like i don't know that that's universal but i do think depending on religion and beliefs like that it can definitely be a view here in in the states for example too like i can only speak to my experience and and setting but yeah yeah i think there's also one more thing at play right like when you take a demography like india i think that's kind of why i gave those disclaimers in the beginning because okay this is like a very left tangent but i think a lot of the times birth control falls on the women right and i think this is pretty universal as a whole across countries because it's not the man who suffers nine months it's the woman who suffers nine months so that adds another thing of like you know i had a very interesting conversation with my mom where we were talking about roe v wade in america and i obviously was very pissed i was like you know they are bringing a lot of trouble these are children that they the parents don't want and that creates trauma and then she was saying something along the lines of like but don't you think it's irresponsible for somebody to destroy something because they were careless and then i'm like that's one way to look at it and then she was like you know what like why don't you just like you know admit responsibility and then i'm like that was really not what i expected her to say right i was expecting her to say something along the lines of like abortion is sin or uh, oh how dare you abort or anything like that but she had a very logical kind of like an understandable argument for not being pro choice she was like i think it's more the responsibility of the fact that you did something and you don't get to destroy somebody else for what you did i wouldn't have ever thought that my mother was possible of that thought unless and until i initiated the conversation right yeah. so i think we need to start you know bridging those gaps within other communities we need to start like you know exploring these kind of conversations in a civil way by not calling each other names by trying to understand the other side's perspectives because i can't like there are great perspectives that we can get by exploring conversations on the other side right like i think that's something that we really need to notice 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that is such a cool example that you had with your mom and even thinking like, well, you know, what that conversation could open up for both of you, like you hearing her perspective. And I don't know how that conversation progressed, but hearing her response, my thought was, well, sometimes you take precautions and there's unexpected outcomes that are beyond your control, right? Like contraception doesn't always work, even if we take all the precautionary steps, just like the room for both of you to kind of explore it curiously together and maybe have more understanding. I think that's such a great example. And I think you're absolutely right that being open to these conversations is really important for actual change to take place and how people think. Definitely, yeah. What is your view of feminism and how it relates to the topic of being child-free? Would you call yourself a feminist? I would call myself a feminist in progress. Okay, yeah. I think that, you know, it's not a specific stage. It's not something that, you know, one can be. I think it's, it's like any other identity that we build, right? We have to keep progressing. There is no, like, I don't necessarily believe in the whole, like, wokeness of, like, you need to be right all the time. I can't be right all the time, like, and I don't necessarily think that there is a right all the time. But to simplify the answer, yes, I would consider myself a feminist. I would consider myself a feminist in progress. You know, we talk about third wave feminism, fourth wave feminism, fifth wave feminism and all of that, right? I feel like a lot of these are being co-opted for lack of a better word. I think there needs to be like almost a reconstruction to what feminism actually is, which is, you know, the eradication or the reduction of patriarchy and misogyny in our society that's the only reason feminism exists because patriarchy as a tool has existed in society for way too long in my opinion and that has led to misogyny and that has led to you know a constant fight for our rights and I think that this week is kind of like the best week for us to have this conversation it's 25th September 2022 and within this week, we've seen two factions, right? In India, women are fighting to wear the hijab. In Iran, women are fighting not to wear the hijab, right? And a lot of people are calling it hypocrisy. A lot of people are calling it like, this is what woke feminism does for the society. Like, they think it's about the hijab, right? But feminists know that it's not about the hijab. It's about the fact that rights are being curbed. In Iran, they don't want to lose a 22-year-old woman because she dared to question authority. Like, there are riots being happening. There are women who are risking their lives to showcase to the republic that, you know, this is not done. You cannot kill us for us wanting to present ourselves in a certain way. And in India, their educational rights are being curbed. They are saying, if you wear a hijab, you can't study in this college. And I think that's where the word choice is the wrong word, or I would say the co-opted word, right? Because a lot of people who don't understand what feminism is think that, you know, like one of you don't want the choice, one of you want the choice, but mm. it's not about the choice, it's about the right. Yeah. Women don't want to wear it, they want the right to not wear it. And India, in women in India want to wear it and they want the right to wear it. So... I think that's where we need to kind of like 
lower down the waves of feminism we need to bring it back to its core identity which is impartment of knowledge impartment of education and impartment of this desire to make sure that not only my rights are protected by other people's rights are also protected i will fight for the women in india and i will and should fight for the women in iran it's not about the hijab it's about the rights so that is i think kind of leads back to this child free topic because you know so many of our friends and so many of our relatives and so many of the people that we meet they come back to this thing of like but what if it's actually their choice to have a child right and then i always take a pause and then think that you know it's one of those famous tiktok videos right okay so if you're dropped into an island desert and you don't have makeup to wear would you still wear makeup is it really a choice for you to present in a, yourself in a certain way when there is no pressure to present yourself in a certain way and this might come across as like curbing of rights it might come across as oh but this person doesn't want her own people to have the choice to choose to have a child but then i'm like cognizance is what i'm looking for right like how much of it is actually your choice how much of it is conditioning how much of it is a role that you want to play or having chosen to play do you really want to have motherhood or do you consider it a checklist on a milestone mm. i want people to have the space to think about all of that and i want people to build that cognizance to think about all of that and i think that the society is rigged against us they don't want us to think about it so much they don't want us to think about anything so much they want us to conform and they want us to keep moving forward and then keep making decisions and keep being reactionary in life which is why i think it builds back to feminism right like we lost a 22 year old i'm sorry i can't remember her name right now this week we lost her and an entire country is decided to go up against a very ferocious republic because they are done they are done losing that person she was younger than me i think that's a conversation that i have to be right somewhere in the world that i live somebody younger than me lost her life because she wouldn't follow the rules that were set for her by somebody else so i think that we need to remember that choice is something that a very few privileged of us have and with that choice we should help others gain the knowledge and the education and make sure that everybody is living their best lives and i don't again mean that in a condescending way because of course people oh if people decide have this conversation they will of course decide not to have a child no i don't care what they do with their lives all i want is to make sure that people understand that the word choice doesn't always mean the word choice right how much choice do you have like how many people would choose to work multiple jobs if they had enough money for health insurance with just one job do you really think a lot of people would want to work multiple jobs no so i think that's a cognizance that we need to build into the feminist rhetoric and also the child free rhetoric right like when people say things like i have a feeling that a lot of child free people think that women who do have children don't think about it i would say coming back to the conversation things of it i think conversation is the best way to solve that and i would really like to thank people who have had children who are now coming up and saying that they regret the choice that is so brave that is unlike anything that i've ever seen and it's so so necessary because i can't believe the level of bravery that that takes 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think you're absolutely right. That is so brave and so liberating for others to hear wherever they fall. I have so much awe when I hear people express that because I feel like that's even more taboo than not wanting kids. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, because I think there's this thing, right? Like, and I think this is where it kind of stills more towards women. Like, you know, women saying that she doesn't want to have a child is almost pitied on more than I would say a man not wanting to have a child. Like, that comes back to patriarchy, right? Like, there's this thing of like, okay, but what is your purpose? And then I'm like, let me find my purpose. Like, it's okay to live a life of mediocrity. In my point, in my opinion. I would much rather do that than create somebody just because I think that that's my purpose, right? I don't know if that sounds, um, no. <laughs> I don't know if that sounds like okay or not, but yeah. 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 And I think like everything that you've been sharing is just so important. I think the ideas you've raised here about like, What's choice? What's conditioning? I had a very interesting video come up on my For You page. So many people think, but what if your ancestors thought this way? But women didn't even have the choice for a private bank account till the 1970s, I'm assuming. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Like, I feel like a major transformation happening. And whenever there's major transformation, there will always be forces who are not ready for it I think that's essentially what's happening currently like you know the men even in my generation were brought up with this attitude that you know even if you're mediocre you're going to find a woman who's going to be okay with all the shit that you do and when they go out to the real world and then they see that the women are not ready for any of this that the women are ready to even lose their lives to make sure that they are heard and they are like you know voiced and then they are not ready to just accept these bad things that happen to their grandmothers I think that's kind of where we get like you know the whole like involuntary celibate that very dangerous misogynistic rhetoric of like oh yeah like you know even in India that marital rape is still not a crime in India. Mm. It's, it's crazy but marital rape is still not a crime in India and one of the major reasons is because the people who are in the judiciary are old men who want to call it a tradition or a culture. I'm like, you know, what? oh yeah, like, you know, it's Indian culture. But then like, okay, it's, it's more than that. It's fear of change. They're afraid of the number of cases that will be filed if marital rape becomes criminalized. And that's why I wish that, you know, a lot of men can get this rhetoric of like, when we talk about feminism, we talk about men as well, right? Like patriarchy affects men, I would say far more than it affects women. Like, do they even understand what consent is? What does, what does consent mean when you're a man? Versus what does consent mean when you're a woman? Like, I tell my female friends all the time, right, you know, build consent, build consent, like learn what you want, learn what your body wants, like don't be afraid. And then like, you know, I, I give them so many lectures. I can't remember the last time I talked to one of my male friends about, you do know that you can say no, right? Like, I don't remember myself having that conversation. So why haven't I done that? That's something that I have to sit with, right? And yeah. I think that comes back to cognizance again, where I'm like, we really need to take a deep breath and we need to start understanding that transformation has already happened. 
I don't think that we can ever go back to in you know the 1950s ideal of a housewife who's going to smile and give you babies whenever you want them. I think that we are done with that, and I think that especially Roe v. Wade was an act to try and subverse us back to that. But I don't think that's ever going to happen again. It's the same thing in India also, right? Like when we say like things like you know we want to criminalize marital rape, we know that's not going to happen. So what's happening is a lot of women aren't marrying their boyfriends; they are living together because they have more rights when they are living together than if they are married. It's crazy, like really. It's crazy that that's the truth. If I get married to a man I love, and if he rapes me, I don't have a legal right. But if I don't get married and he rapes me, I have a legal right to file a case. It's it's crazy that that's how it works. But the more resistance to change happens, the more things like India and Iran will keep happening. Like it it has history has always told us, transformation comes with resistance, and there's always going to be. warring fronts people don't want to change people want change and we are seeing that across the world and i think it's a time of great transformation i think a lot of the things that has happened beat the pandemic beat the economic slowdown beat the recession that we are in it's all patternistic we have seen it in history that this is how change occurs with a lot of struggles before it happens but yeah hopefully it will be a good change so yeah wow thank you for that i feel like i just i just love talking to you because i do really feel like you have a lot of wisdom and i feel like i learn so much from you in every conversation because of the way you explore things and talk about things and i just want to say that i really appreciate that <laughs> and i really admire you hey listeners Are you looking to make more child-free connections in your life? I would love to invite you into a community I started for people without kids called We're Not Kidding the Club. It's a community on Mighty Networks and it's been so fun to watch the connections and conversations taking place amongst the 150 members already inside the community and we're just getting started. Next month we're launching our first ever book club inside the community with people already getting their books and starting to read them right now and there's more to come to join us go to wnk-club.com that's wnk-club.com we can't wait to see you continuing this conversation like one thing you've mentioned that seems universal are the bingos that we receive um oh, yeah. as as people who do not want to have kids. So, I'm curious what bingos have you personally received and kind of what are your thoughts on child-free bingos? No, I've received the usual stuff. I've received the you're just you just have to meet the right person one and then oh you're just saying that because you're young, you have a commitment issues and oh you'll change your mind when it's too late and who's going to take care of you when you're older and uh, do you really want to live for the rest of your life alone? It's the classic. I almost want to print it out and then just send it off to every single person who's child-free because I think we can make millions out of the levels of like the university of bingos. I think that it comes from a place of fear, or especially when it comes to people like my parents or my even my elders, like my aunts and even my cousins. After a certain point of time, I think they are very scared of this thing of like because I think primarily, especially in a place like India. like having a child is like insurance right for your like older age and i'm like 
i think the only way to prove them wrong is just to keep on living that's literally nothing else that's going to change your mind because that's kind of where like the conversation comes in right like just because somebody's unrelatable to you doesn't mean that they are wrong or i am right right what i am doing is diverging from the path it's scary because a lot less people have walked that path doesn't mean that it hasn't happened before and diametrically there's nothing i can do to convey to them that i know what i'm doing right because a lot of the times maybe i don't know what i'm doing right like to be very honest i think something that i had to admit to myself very early on when i made the choice to go channel free is that that might be a day where i regret this but i would much rather regret this than regret the other thing right yes i think it comes with this thing of like the level of trauma that an unwanted child will have is something that i can't deal with and that's a very personal thing for me to admit actually that's the cognizance that i am building right okay so what if i am alone in my old age like then i need to earn well enough so that i can put myself in a nice nursing home so let's build that it doesn't sound lonely to me mm-hmm. i think for a lot of people that sounds very lonely and i think we have different definitions of that word right what does lonely mean and versus i think i'll be very lonely doing something that i don't want to and that's to the core of my being right like it's like one of those things where you talk to yourself in the mirror and every single time i ask myself this question like do you really think that you don't want to be a mother it's always a yes and even more importantly whenever i think of having a child it's a diametric no my soul is screaming a big neon light flashing no right so i think i should listen to that part of me i don't think it's wise for me to ignore neon flashing lights so yeah. if others don't get it i just have to keep crossing the bingos yeah there's nothing much else to do <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. And I think you bring up such a good point too of like what is loneliness and yeah, what do you think is the difference between being lonely and being alone? This is one of those things that I almost want to have this conversation 10 years from now and I want to know how both of our answers have changed, right? Like yeah. this might be my naivete talking or this might be just inexperience talking. but i think that there's this thing that happens to you when you become self aware there is this thing of like to know what you want out of life and what you don't want out of out of life and you know best made plans right like god god loves at our plans that's something that i believe in i i think that you know we have such little control of our lives like really and i think the pandemic taught us that right like what if one fine day they said that yeah we can't sell you milk fair would we get milk if the government decides to stop selling us milk i think that it comes back to this thing of like on a day to day basis there is a certain level of energy that you need to become a mother to to want to have a child and to make sure that the child grows up well you need to do so much work you need there is so much work there is so much responsibility i don't think people get that i've seen what that anil trauma can do on a very personal level i felt it in my body i've seen it happen around my friends i've seen how to not put anybody on the 
spotlight or something but i've seen what absent parents do to their children i've seen what emotional negligence does what dysfunctional family systems do i don't think people realize just how much it affects the child and it comes back to this thing of like i've heard that bingo too right like you are being selfish i think that that's a very untrue thing and i think that's a very it's almost projection i think people who are parents project that on to people who aren't parents because they can't admit to themselves that they did something that was so selfish but that's the the loneliness versus alone thing comes across right like i can barely keep a plant alive so let me first cross the level of a plant because such may that's the thing right i don't think people realize what they're doing and i would much rather just not do anything instead of doing something that might hurt somebody else right like yeah if it's taking myself out of the game so be it not everybody has to play the game there are enough people playing the game it's okay it's one less person is not going to be such a big change in the whole like you know design of the universe <laughs> Right. Yeah. And I think like a point you made earlier that really stood out to me, I was thinking about like, we can be surrounded by people and be lonely and be alone with ourselves. And if we have a good relationship with ourselves or know ourselves well, like we can be alone and and not be lonely. And I think they expect women who don't want to have children to achieve that level of like nirvana or stoicism or like spiritual, like, you know, there is this thing of like, oh, see, this is that first point that I made of like sex equals childbearing becomes very annoying because yeah, people assume that yeah they're just going to be asexual and then like i'm like okay that's that's okay that's fine that's there is almost this like paternistic things of like oh if you don't want to have a child then you are also deciding never to have a partner which equals loneliness Mm -hmm. in your old age and then i'm like okay but how many people in their old age with their partners at home feel lonely how many people have dissociated from their own bodies and their own minds where all they do is routinistically wake up, eat, go, cook, clean, sleep. I don't want to live that way. I don't want that kind of like ritualistic disassociation from who I am, my body. I want to be attuned to my body. How much ever it hurts me, how much ever trauma that I need to heal from, how many of our elders are happy? Have we ever asked them that? Have they have they even realized that happiness is a goal to be achieved? That's a huge thing in Indian culture. The women in our families are taught that if you want to be happy, you're selfish. Especially my mother's generation or my grandmother's generation. It has been conditioned out of them. They are self-sacrificial to the point of which that they would barely go to the doctor if something is wrong with them. They would wait to collapse to go to the doctor. Mm. That is how bad it had gotten when it was my grandmother's generation. Like they wouldn't even consider going to the doctor because if they went to the doctor, lunch wouldn't be made. So who would make the lunch? So that's the level of self-sacrifice that has been conditioned into uh, the women of uh, my family, even my family. I've seen it happen with my grandmother. So what is happiness? And this is, I feel like another universal thing. I think a lot of us are taught to think that way, especially people from religious backgrounds are taught to think that way where like, you know, thinking of yourself is selfish, thinking of your joy is selfish and, you know, things like that. I disagree with all of that. It's all bullshit. (laughs) There is this like Buddhist thing of like seeking pleasure is addictive. I'm not talking about pleasure. I'm talking about 
happiness and contentment pleasure sure can be addictive it's another topic altogether it's it that veers off into a lot of spiritual spaces but i think that nobody has trained us nobody has ever given us the tools to know how to think for ourselves how to build a life for ourselves to be financially independent to plan for a life where okay if i don't have a child what the hell do i do so many people can't have children what about them they are they all pitiable i don't think so and so many people their partners die before them what about them like i think that these are core questions that we are taught not to ask because they would much rather us just not think about these things right it comes back to that it's an inconvenience to solve all of these problems which is why they don't want to solve all of these problems but i would much rather be alone and figure these things out than dissociate and then just live on a day to day where there is nothing but life it, that sounds so dreary i'm sorry like it sounds so dreary and so sad like that's the only word that i can describe it and i've seen a lot of my aunts do that i've seen a lot of my aunts say things like but what else is life and then i'm like figure it out like seriously <laughs> figure it out what else is life is a great question to ask figure it out right like yeah. at least allow me the time and the patience to figure it out right and how have you done that how have you or at least like taken steps towards figuring it out what has that been like I think it has con- been conditioned in me to if you don't want to have a child you better achieve something big enough to justify that so I think that I have taken that route like you know I definitely want to keep learning and the lofty goals that I have are definitely achievable but also very conducive to a child free life right like I really want to travel a lot and that's very expensive and that will also take a lot of my time so I've never been outside of the country so I really want to get outside the country I really want to travel a lot and I want to write and I want to write novels and things like that I think creativity is a big way of me finding that like outlet of like okay okay what now kind of a thing right like I think I am a creative person and I think that kind of where my goal is to keep living creatively to keep thinking lot about these deep questions and to keep taking the time to pursue these things that i'll definitely be the only person to pursue these things other people have better things to worry about they have real lives to worry about i don't so okay so what if i'm a bit selfish it's okay or so what if i'm a bit immature that's okay it's okay not everybody has to be mature not everybody has to be selfless not everybody has to be exactly who others expect them to be or others like want them to be like things happen life happens it's okay yeah and also who's who's defining what selfish looks like and who's defining what maturity looks like yeah definitely yeah, i've had i've seen a lot of immature parents and i think that's kind of worse so right. <laughs> that's again that's the thing right i'm pretty sure they'll also say the same thing about me they'll be like oh my god she's so immature look at her like she has colored hair she has tattoos and <laughs> Right. Yeah. I think it's, you know, again, it kind of comes back to conditioning and and what we think these things mean or what we think the what's desirable for our lives or. Yeah. Something we've talked about previously and, and the idea of travel reminded me of this. What's the issue with expecting people who are child free in very pronatalist cultures to move to other countries that just aren't as oppressive? And how is this something I believe maybe from our past conversation has that been something that was said to you and that's why it came up that has been said to me i think that's very 
frustrating. Yeah. Like, why should I leave my home? Right. right. I have had a lot of my friends make the decision. I've had a lot of my friends planning for making the decision. Like even married couples, they don't know how else to build boundaries, but to add significant physical distance, I've seen that happen. It's one of those things, right? Like this might be the angry brown girl in me talking, but it's like, okay, so if everybody leaves my home because what they want is not happening here and who will push the change? That sounds very armchair revolutionist of me to say that, but I don't think it's a long-term solution. See, for me, for example, will I be able to do it? Possibly. Do I have the mental capacity or the energy to do it? Probably not. And my job kind of like negates me into doing that anyway. I I write ads. I The only market I know is the Indian market because I've lived here for all my life. So I know what works in this market. If I want to go outside of the country, I need to learn the, that market. And that's a very expensive prospect. Even for somebody as privileged as me, it's a hugely expensive prospect for me to study outside of the country and then get a visa. So many additional steps to what should be my right. So why isn't it my right? I yeah. I think that's where it comes down to, right? Like, why does the public, oh, if you don't like what we're doing, then leave. I think that's a very immature thing for people to say. <laughs> yeah. It's truly a very immature thing for people to say. Like, there is this thing of like, yeah, you're being a bad role model for your cousins and your cousin's kids. And then I'm like, that sounds like a compliment, to be very honest. It sounds like a compliment. <laughs> because why is what I'm doing a bad role model? Yeah. Right. Why are you so afraid of them learning something from me when I'm doing nothing illegal? I'm doing nothing immoral. I'm doing nothing unethical. So why is it a bad thing? And yeah, just me leaving is not going to solve anything. Like I feel like it's a very temperamental thing to suggest that. I know a lot of people who do that. I have even suggested it to other people who want to do that. But I think that it's an option. I'm very glad that that option is open for people who have the capacity to do that. But I think it comes with a lot of different caveats. And I don't necessarily think that it's an end-all, be-all solution, right? Because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of transformation happening. I have a feeling that soon, even that option is going to be very restricted. So we just have to wait and see. Mm, yeah. And I think I've, I've thought about it too, you know, especially in light of Roe v. Wade here in the States, like, oh, do I want to stay in the States? But then it also came to like the level of privilege that comes with even being able to entertain the idea of, of leaving, moving somewhere else, as well as that point that you made as well. If everyone just leaves who disagrees with what's going on, then like, how does change happen? Exactly. And that's the thing, right? Like, I don't like the idea of being driven away from my home for yeah. something that's not my right. That's, that's not done. That's not how I should be treated. This is my home. This is where I live. This is where I want to live. So I think it's a very bad thing that people would be like, oh, just leave. And then I'm like, okay, give me the money. I'll leave. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Pay my way. <laughs> so expensive. It's, it's like it's nearly half of my yearly income to apply for a permanent residence in Canada. That's how expensive it is. And that's without a job. What will I do if I go there and I don't have a job? Who will feed me? Yeah. 
the entire global economy is in kind of shambles i don't want to risk that and also i don't want to leave more importantly than anything else i don't want to leave yes <laughs> right absolutely oh this is an interesting question we may have touched on a little bit but what forms of cognitive dissonance do you see at play in societal norms and pronatalist messages i think it's actually the intersectionality of the decision of becoming child free right when somebody desires to go child free we need a spreadsheet we need like powerpoint presentations we need like you know <laughs> doctor recommendations from three different uh, psychiatrists and psychologists claiming us to be like legally sane to be making this decision i think that's a big reason as to what kind of cognitive cognitive dissonance that happens when people want to be child free and i think one of the biggest points that i've seen in that question is this thought of like selflessness right like how are you being selfless when i have seen this is where i feel like perspective is really important right and this is a very deeply personal response to this very logical question but anyway so something that i like to do is talk to people in general it kind of like i'm a media person i am also a chatterbox obviously <laughs> and i have asked a lot of different people the question of why do you want to have children it's a genuine question i have asked a lot of different people i have asked my cousins i've asked my friends i've asked my aunts i've asked you know virtual strangers i've asked i would say about 40 to 50 people this question right like why do you want to have a child only one of them has given me an answer that is kind of acceptable one out of 40 has told me and this was a taxi guy taxi driver we were virtual strangers we were traveling from my home to somewhere else it was my birthday so he was wishing me a happy birthday and then we were you know talking about things like i was hitting that age of like marriage and kids and then i told him like you know i am not interested in any of this and then he said something that really gave me whole new perspective he said i have never felt that much joy than the day that my child was born and that was the only acceptable answer that i had ever been given every other answer that i had been given out of all of those 40 people were not acceptable acceptable to be to me right for a lot of people it was about filling a role for a lot of people it was insurance a lot of people it was like okay like we've been married now seems like a right time a lot of people they give me all kinds of reasons one out of 40 people gave me the right quite reason that was the only reason that i could accept for this ginormous decision that people made in their lives i think he was the only person who gave it any kind of thought why do i want to have a child and it was such a profound perspective that it really made me think back to my decision right he was the only one who made me question my decision okay maybe there is joy to be had when you have a child and that is the level of cognitive acceptance i want out of all people who decide either ways right like whether you want to have a child or whether you don't want to have a child i don't accept a lot of the reasons why a lot of people give me i think they are very selfish i think they are very conformist in nature i feel like they are very dangerous for the child the reasons that people give and i think that level of cognitive dissonance to say that this was something that you did for the betterment of that person i don't agree with it maybe it's a answer that will piss off a lot of people but that's the truth and that's my truth and that's what i have experienced also so 
Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And with that, I guess another question that we had talked about is like, what are your thoughts regarding the notion that maturity and personal development come from having a child? I don't agree. That's the only thing I can say. Right? <laughs> I, don't agree. I don't agree. I think the pandemic brought this whole entirely new wave of people realizing that, you know, mental health is a big part of who they are. And, you know, so many people started realizing that they were part of dysfunctional families. And where does that dysfunction come from? Do you think mature people create dysfunction? Or do mature people accept dysfunction? Or do mature people allow dysfunction to be built? I don't think so. And I think it's projection, right? It's That's kind of where the cognitive dissonance comes from. Like, you want to project yourself as somebody who is mature enough to make such a big decision. And when you see somebody who has very cognitively decided not to make the decision, you project because you are so afraid of making a wrong decision, which is why I feel so much gratefulness for people who are coming up and saying, yeah, is it true? What do we do now? Like it has so much cognitive sense to say that so that more people can start accepting that in their own life and they can build a functional family even with this decision that they have made, right? That is maturity. In my opinion, that is what maturity is. Like, why have I made this choice? How does this affect the people around me? How does this affect me? How does this affect the future of my family? Have I addressed the trauma that I have faced in my life? And am I accepting that? Will I be okay? I feel like, especially in a country like India, like, would you be okay with your child marrying somebody from another religion? Would you be okay with your child, like, having a different sexual orientation? Would you be okay with your child, like, wanting to transition from their assigned gender to another gender? You need to be okay with all of that. That is maturity. That is the only kind of parent that I want to exist in this world because otherwise... There is so much pain. There is so much pain. You have already decided to introduce somebody to so much that they can't control. The most basic thing that you can do is radical acceptance. And I, I for sure can't see many parents being okay with that. So who exactly is immature at this point? I am not sure. See, that's the thing, right? Like what you're doing is the most basic human function. I've had a lot of people tell me that, you know, the purpose of a woman, like you can't be a woman without being a mother you are you're an incomplete woman if you are not a mother and then i just keep thinking about this again but that is the most basic human function will i be able to love my child like how i they deserve to be loved will i be able to protect them from the kind of trauma that i don't want them to face ever no would is that not the mature decision and why does do i have to prove my maturity to you so what if am i mature right like i found a way to kind of put an end to these kind of conversations i just tell people see if you are really a believer in god or destiny if it is destined it will happen right so you don't need to convince me if it is destined it will happen so i it's not about my maturity levels or you know a lot of people think that Therapy will fix me, right? Oh, you go to therapy, you will you will get fixed. You will, of course, want to have a child because who is a woman without motherhood? And then I'm like, that's so insulting. What if I can't have a child? Yeah. What about all of those women who can't have a child? Suddenly they are, what, incomplete, broken. That's so ableist in nature, right? And that's where intersection comes from, which I suppose we don't need to talk about here. Yeah. 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 
that it's it's a whole other topic you can take another hour to be very honest but i think that it comes back to this thing of like when all you're doing is running around a hamster wheel you don't necessarily have the energy to think about all of these things mm-hmm. and it's one of it's another reason why i think a lot of people want everybody to be on the hamster wheel because when you're on the hamster wheel and you look at somebody who's not on the hamster wheel there's a lot of resentment and anger and doubt that comes from that right like it's a very mirrored thing of like oh i could have been them right which i'm pretty sure i'll also feel if i do end up regretting this decision i am going to feel that way and that's the thing right like i have the cognizance to be okay with that that's the only reason if you don't have the cognizance to be okay with the decision that you make that is immaturity but it comes back to autonomy right autonomy is not just sexual acts it's not just like am i okay with sexual acts it's, it's can i color my hair is it can i tattoo myself is it can i alter my body having a child or not having a child is true autonomy it is the most autonomous decision a person can make which is why i feel like the fall of roe v wade is a much larger issue than just birth control right like mm-hmm. it signals a pattern it's almost like a very alarming thing that is going to keep happening in america we are already seeing people try and ban plan b i think that i am very worried actually to be honest i am so worried for all the people living in that country i am so worried for all the gender minorities i think it's a very alarming pattern that we are going to see but that's the thing right like what right are they trying to erase in that act is a question that we need to ask ourselves it's not just a religious thing it's not just like oh yeah like you know the majority religion believes that you can't have an abortion because we think that you'll go to hell which is a very roundabout way of doing things and sorry if i'm misinterpreting anything this is my understanding of the political scenario right now but what is happening is erasure of autonomy that's essentially what's happening and that intersects with who's going to be most affected is not going to be the white nationalist because if she becomes pregnant she can take a jet somewhere to get an abortion and come back and still yell at the screen for other women wanting to get abortion so i think we need to understand that that is why i keep harping on about like you know choice versus knowledge right when you give people the knowledge for what is autonomy what do we mean by the decisions that you take they need to be your own we are building these questions we are building these patterns within each and every person that we have this conversation from it starts from wanting to get a tattoo how many people want to get a tattoo but they don't because they are afraid of how their parents are going to react that's the same reaction that they're going to have when you decide not to have a child as well it's it's practice right like nothing comes easily autonomy comes with practice which is why we need to educate and build that knowledge and build that kind of like compassion in people so that autonomy becomes a practice and with autonomy becoming a practice we will be able to also confront the other things that happens when i have autonomy i would want to fight for the other person to also get autonomy and that's how it happens right it's not a top down it's from the bottom up and i think it's a huge thing right i think it's really important for us to teach every single person that they do have bodily autonomy no matter what the legal system says no matter what our parents say or our society says 
it's completely up to us as long as we're not doing anything illegal i don't want to highlight that also so, <laughs> like for us it's illegal for us to get a tattoo unless you're 21 years old so please don't be 18 years old and get a tattoo if you want to build autonomy yeah don't do anything illegal but also that's a different conversation to have like mm-hmm. what is legality is a different conversation for us to have but yeah be careful yeah. is also something that i have to say <laughs> Right. Yeah. Thank you for that. I am curious, you know, as we're getting to the end here, you've talked about happiness, contentment, joy, and sort of like building your own cognizance. Right. And so I feel like in that line of conversation is also the idea of purpose. And I'm curious, like, what does purposeful living mean to you? When I was younger, right, I used to consider asking for help as a failure, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you need to be able to figure this out by yourself. And that is the thing of like, I used to consider therapy a failure. And now I'm in therapy. I've been in therapy for almost a year. And then I think purpose away from productivity, some other conversation that we can have, like, what is my purpose? I think it's a very Buddhist question to ask myself, like, what is my purpose beyond these labels that we give ourselves, right? Like, you know, daughter, friend, maybe partner, maybe I I am a professional and who am I beyond all of these labels is a very spiritual question to ask myself and it's something that I'll keep figuring out for sure and I think purposeful living as a whole right now I would say is that I want to keep a plant alive (laughs) I really want to have pets like that's the thing I really want to have pets so that could be purposeful living and I think more than anything else I have a lot of stories to tell in my head I don't want them to die in my head I want to put them on paper I want to be able to share those stories with other people and not just my own life experience, I have fictional stories to tell. I, I want to, you know, create stuff. I want to be able to write. And I think it comes down to this thing of like, um, I want to be able to build community in a way that can help a lot of people. It's a very lofty goal to have for somebody as young and as inexperienced as me. I think that, you know, I have a feeling that we are going to need a lot of help in the future and I want to be able to be a bigger part of that than just where I am right now. So I think hopefully it will happen, but let's see. Yeah. Best yeah. me plan, that I said. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Do you have a plant picked out yet? No. I don't okay. have a plant picked out yet. <laughs> it's a thing, yes. Yeah. Let's see. Hopefully I'll yeah. <laughs> keep me posted. <laughs> yes, so as we wrap up is there anything else you'd like to say to the listeners no I think I've spoken a lot uh, on this uh, call first of all I want to thank you for this opportunity it's been very interesting it's been very eye-opening in a lot of different ways and it's given me a lot of like craving I want to be able to do more I want to be able to do it in a way that is personal to me. I think this is something that we were discussing, like, you know, maybe talking about it from different vernaculars and then, you know, reaching people that need to be reached that we are not being able to reach right now. So if anybody has any suggestions on that, that will be a really interesting conversation for us to have. But yeah, I think that is about it. Yeah, you can reach me on my email. I'm, that's kind of the only place that you can reach me. But yeah, as I said, I'm always open to more perspectives. I'm always open to learning. I'm always open to being told I'm wrong. I think 
being wrong and not knowing something is the best place that you can be because that means that there's more to learn so yeah mm. yeah thank you for that and i will put your email in the show notes and thank you so much for you. sharing your wisdom and your perspective and i i really do mean it when i say that i admire you and I have just loved getting to hear you hear your thoughts hear your perspectives you've opened my mind so much not just today but in the other conversations that we have so keep going I think you're amazing thank you thank you so much yeah 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 all right well this has been an absolute pleasure and we'll catch you next time